welcome back to another edition of Sideline Sessions with Wesley Sykes. I am, of course, Wesley Sykes, the managing editor of Coach and Athletic Director, Training and Conditioning, and Winning Hoops Brands for Great America Media Services. And you can listen to all of our previous episodes anywhere you can access podcasts, as well as any of our websites. That's coachad.com, training-conditioning.com, and winninghoops.com. And be sure to follow all of our brands on Twitter. That's at coach underscore AD, at train condition, at winning hoops. And then myself, as always, if you like, uh, that's at Wesley Sykes underscore. Uh, and today, we'll, we welcome the program Dr. David Hawk, retired uh, CMMA and author of the acclaimed coach and AD column, AD Ministration. His latest book, The Parent's Guide to the Education Educated Based Athletics, excuse me, Everything they should and need to know is available anywhere books uh, books are stored are sold. Excuse me, uh, and Amazon as well. So after stumbling through that, thank you for taking the time to join us today, David. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. All right. So uh, again, this has been long overdue. I know we've been going back and forth. Uh, you know, email, phone calls for since I've been working here. So it's very nice to put a face uh, with the name and finally get you know a, a little bit of a face to face here, but. I'm very interested by your book here, The Parent's Guide to Educated-Based Athletics, Everything They Should and Need to Know. Make sure I get that out in one clear shot. Uh, you were nice enough to send me your first copy of the book, right? I think it was it was coaches and uh, coaching education-based athletics. Uh, so I, I see this as somewhat as a follow-up, but if you can, in your own words, tell us a little bit about this book and, and what moves you to take this project on. That's a good, uh, excellent question. One that's going to be a little complicated, so sure. bear with me. Um, let's start with the second part of it, where it's what moved you to take this project on. This topic came up to me about nine years ago, really that long ago. And I actually started writing it. I took notes. I had one or two chapters pretty well complete. And then a major hurdle occurred, and I had to put it on the back burner. And that's what happens in life sometimes. So what happens then, We I go on and I'm involved in every other thing that I'm doing. And in about two and a half years ago, COVID hits us. And so in order to be safe, I am now stuck at home mm-hmm. for the vast majority of my life. And I have extra time that I'm not doing things that I normally would do. And so at the same time, uh, the, the college where I earned my master's degree from was Trenton State College, and they've changed the name over the years, and it's now the College of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. They, like almost every college in the country, shut down face-to-face instruction, closed down athletics, so there was no homecoming, no alumni weekend, none of those traditional things. And so they decided, the college, And again, obviously, I think an intelligent thing to do in order to stay connected with alumni, every two weeks, they put out a digital newsletter. And it was Mm -hmm. really well done. Short, brief articles, photos, professionally done. Well, I'm sitting at home and I have all this time. I read it every time it comes in. Mm -hmm. And so they start then adding webinars to their offerings, again, directed at alumni. And one of them was long-term financial planning. And I said, oh, I'm not interested in that. And then the the next week, they say something like, something to the effect, they're going to offer a webinar on how to start your own small business in retirement. No, I'm not looking to start a business. (laughs) But then one of the weeks they have the webinar coming up is 
how to publish the book that you always wanted to publish. And I'm going, bingo. I, wor I worked on this like nine years ago mm -hmm. and it's sitting there. Now I've taught via webinar. So I've presented on a webinar, but I was never on the other side where I register and sit there. So I figured, what the heck? I have time. So I sign up for this webinar and I'm sitting there and it's an hour long presentation and I have a notepad and pen in front of me and I am feverishly writing down everything this guy is saying about how to publish your book. And so it concludes by saying, you can do it. And I'm thinking, yes, I can do it. I can publish a book. And so that, that led me down that path a little bit. Now, I don't mean to be morbid, but during a, a three-year, a three-month period, I had four, um, well, two close friends and one and two colleagues that I knew extremely well pass away. Hmm. And the common denominator was they were all my age, exactly my age. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at this going, wait a minute, I've wanted to write this book and Individuals are passing away the exact same age I am. Maybe, just maybe, I better finish this and go and, and write it. And so that it does get in the hands of other individuals. And to, to, to kind of summarize that a little bit then, it was the three things that came together. It was COVID, the passing of four, three or four individuals that I knew extremely well, the webinar, and it all happened that, hey, maybe I better write this. And so in, to finish this portion of it, the question would be, why? Mm -hmm. well, that's pretty simple. The simple thing is that I thought this topic was extremely useful and beneficial. And if I can ever help somebody, then it helps me. And it gives me a sense of purpose and meaning. So when COVID hit and the webinar went through and my friends passed away, it was like, now or never, let's get this sucker done. May, may, can I say sucker? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. That, that's uh, fine with us. I think that's, you know, not one of uh, George Carlin's seven words okay. on the radio. I think that's okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in, in, in that event, I then set upon myself and said, okay, I am finishing this. We're going to write this. I love this. So it's great. So I, I, I think that's great. You know, and you've had this kind of moving, you know, working around in your head for some time right now. So uh, this is the parent's guide, quote unquote, here. But is is sure. are they the sole audience of this book? You know, can this be extended out to coaches, athletic directors, student athletes? Yeah. Now that, okay, that, Wes, that's an easier question to answer. Um, <laughs> obviously, the title is a giveaway. The, the, mm -hmm. the title indicates that, yes, this is directed at parents. And it's because they have so much that they don't understand and it would be helpful for them to understand. So, so yes, it's directed to parents. But if a wise enterprising athletic administrator has a copy, this will help them because they then have to interact with parents. And I used to have to do this on daily basis dealing with parents. So, so yes, the primary group are parents because that's mm -hmm. what's in the title. But I think a wise athletic administrator would be very helpful if they went through this book and used it. And, and how would they use it? Well, most have preseason parent meetings. Mm -hmm, right. There, there you go. 
or maybe you post something on your website or the, and I'll probably get to this somewhere in this explanation. Most parents are good and supportive and positive, mm-hmm. but you always have those three or four that are misguided and problematic and a pain in the butt. I don't know if I can say that, but a pain yeah. in the butt. <laughs> um, and so they need a little bit extra. And so now this book provides them with that little bit extra. And so a wise athletic administrator could take this book and say, hey, I need you to read this mm-hmm. and, and even highlight a couple of chat. I need you to read chapter two and chapter eight. And in another week, we're going to talk about this. And so now it directs their conversation with that misguided individual to correct some of the problems that they're they're putting forth. So so, yes, the simple answer is yes, it's for parents, mm-hmm. but. A good athletic administrator, good is probably a poor choice of words, a wise (laughs) athletic administrator or a a coach who has, again, parental problems Mm -hmm. with with individuals. I think it serves them as a great, great resource. And I think that's a pretty savvy uh, business move on your part, right? Because if there's three or four, uh, you know, parents that coaches have to deal with on average, that's three or four copies per athletic director per coach that they have to go and hand out to uh, each parent. So I think that's, that's a pretty good uh, advertising uh, you know, strategy on your part. I like, I like what the way you think. Well, okay. Obviously though, I'm, I wasn't worried about selling copies. That, that's not my motivation. Sure. No, I know. But, I can't. No, no. And, and I, I take it, I take it very much at heart, but, but it serves as a great reference and mm-hmm. a resource. It's like, okay, if you have a problem, Here's the book you can put. Matter of fact, you might even want to have two or three on your bookshelf. Right. And when that when that parent comes in and say, hey, here, because if you rely on that parent to go buy the copy, they're <laughs> no, not. Really of course it. not. So as a consequence, you know, for and, and it's purposely a very inexpensive book. It's it's $9.99. Mm-hmm. So if you have two or three on your shelf and you simply pull it off your shelf and say, here, I need you to read this, and we are going to follow up in another week or week and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, now the onus is on the parent. Parent, you better read this because I'm bringing this topic up again and we're going to try to rectify this problem. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- and again, I think maybe to a lesser degree coaches, but, but, you know, coaches, if you have that singular parent who is a pain in the butt, then you might as well use this and get them to you know, see the light. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm still waiting for my copy to arrive in the mail here, but you're fortunate enough to uh, send over the, the table of contents and just some some talking points of what, you know, kind of to expect in the book. And, uh, you know, just looking over each chapter, you know, the title kind of feels as important as the, as the next one, whether it's, you know, handling playing time issues to sports specialization to injuries or college recruitment. But I thought, I thought some of the more intriguing uh, chapter titles are, what type of parent are you? I think that's number two. Yes. Uh, and then enjoying the experience, which I think is in, in the back third, right, yeah. of, of the book there. And could you go into a little bit more of those titles, maybe what we can expect out of those? Oh, sure. Um, first, in, what type of parent are you? I had to start with the opening paragraph or two mm-hmm. to set the table. And the table is that most are positive, cooperative, supportive individuals. So but you better lay that out first because right. I was I was overly concerned that if if my tone wasn't right for this chapter, 
they're taking the book and they're throwing it in the trash and they're not going any further with it. Mm-hmm. So, so tone for me was a major, major challenge and a concern. So before I actually give you a couple examples, um, I actually had three or four of my colleague friends look at it to ensure that my tone wasn't over the top. Right. And they all ensured, yes, this is fine. So I hope it's fine. But the point, mm-hmm. that, but that was a, a major concern because I could easily see a parent getting to the second chapter and tossing, tossing the book and saying, oh, heck, this, you know, I'm not reading this. So well, especially in this day and age where there appears to be so much friction between well, parents and schools and education and all that yes. type of stuff, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So then I get into what are some, some manifestations that parents bring forth. Mm-hmm. Um, some could be a helicopter parent where they hover over their, their child and they try to protect them with this and that. And, hey, let the kid grow up. And then there are some that are there's nothing wrong with being an advocate for your child. I mean, let's, you should, but there are some that go overboard and they are excessive and aggressive and Hey, let your child learn to deal with their own issues. If there's a problem with the coach, go talk to the coach. Don't, don't let mom and dad solve the problem for you. There are some that are self-proclaimed experts Hey, when I played, yeah, well, yeah, gee, you played 15, 20 years ago and things have changed. And so they come across in that fashion. There are certainly some parents that are bullies. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You never outgrew that stage, but now here you are in our athletic program. Some are elitists. Um, So there's a whole host of ways that parents may come across that are counterproductive to our whole approach here with athletics. So the first part of that chapter is here's what they, some of them are. And then the the concluding paragraph for that section is, do you see yourself in any of these? Right. Um, Because if you do, we need to try to make some modifications or changes. Not that I can make them change, but, but, you know, let's look at this. So, in the book, I also use some specific examples of, of a father I had to deal with. And mm-hmm. so the next part of the chapter is this carries over to their child. Um, a, a dad would, would went to, and his daughter was a, a very, very good girl soccer player. And he'd go to matches and he'd act like an idiot, yelling at officials, yelling at, I mean, and so I would have to intervene and go talk to him. And after a game one day, and they had the team huddle and everything, the daughter came over and she knew me. She she came over to me and she apologized. And she apologized for her dad. And she said, you know, he thinks he's supporting me. But when he comes, I have trouble focusing on the issue at hand. And that's playing the game. Mm -hmm. And when I heard this, I almost fell onto onto the ground. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. He is ruining the opportunity that his daughter has yeah. to excel. And, and she was, she was a great player, but every time he came and he, he went crazy at a game, she worried more about what he was doing than focusing on the game. And so I use an example like that in this chapter that, you know, you can affect your child. Hopefully it's positive, but you also can negatively affect them. And, that's just outright wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't phrase it that way in the book. I have to be a little more careful, but 
it's wrong. And so when we affect young people by negative behavior, we have to learn to modify that a little bit. So, so that whole chapter of what type of parent you are is to try to bring that message across. And then the other chapter about enjoying the experience is along some of the same lines, but it goes a little bit different direction. Mm -hmm. uh, parents come to a game, and and I use this example in the, in the chapter, and they say, well, I paid my $5. Well, yeah, you paid $5 to watch the game. You didn't pay $5 to come to disrupt the game. Right. And, and so, again, it has either a positive effect or a negative effect. And it, so in the chapter, it, we try to bring it around to, remember, it's your child's experience, not your experience. Mm -hmm. And you're only along for the ride. And along for the ride means, are you watching them improve? Or do you see them gaining confidence? Are they having fun? Mm -hmm. And if you're not recognizing those things, then you may be there for the wrong reason. And again, earlier, one of the, one of the examples I gave was, and, and this came from a friend of mine, I, I didn't really realize it myself, but some parents go to a game and they want to proclaim like, yeah, I was there to support you, but they're not watching the game. They're mm -hmm. texting, they're surfing the internet, they're talking to the person next to them. They're only there to claim that, yep, I was there. I supported you. Mm -hmm. They didn't support that child in, the, in, in any sense of the fashion. So the ch this chapter is, Try to enjoy the experience. Mm -hmm. What are your kids gaining from it? Do you see them growing and developing? And I don't just mean sport-specific skills, but do you see them becoming more confident? Do you see them gaining leadership skills? Do you see them having fun? Because, you know, this is only a three- or four-year window. And if you miss this, you can't, you can't dial it back and say, you know, 10 years later, hey, I'm ready. Right. I'm ready to come see you play. No, 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 no. This, this is it. And so are you getting the most out of this experience without jeopardizing your child's growth and development? And so that's what that chapter deals with. And, and the timing of it in, in the, or the outline was I wanted that later in the book um, to try to come full circle from that first chapter of mm -hmm. what type of parent are you? Um, so that was by design to put it back where it was. Yeah, and I, I found that fascinating there. And, and just to go back to your example of the uh, uh, girl soccer player and, and right. her parent there that you were discussing before, what, what I found, and you talk about, uh, you know, is that inhibiting the growth of the student athlete there? I mean, I obviously, I think the big takeaway from that story is, you know, you, you feel bad for the student athlete for, for right. having, you know, to go through that experience. But uh, I also have a lot of respect uh, for that, that that same student athlete for coming up to you and being able to recognize that and kind of put that into words and say that uh, to you, you know, from what I would imagine to be a junior, senior, 16, 17, 18 year old teenager. Right. Um, I think that shows a lot of maturity, right? A lot of leadership um, well, as a, as a yeah. secondary kind of takeaway from from that anecdote. I think you're you're absolutely correct. And and sometimes if we step back, and I mean we as coaches, administrators, parents, if we step back, young people are a lot more capable and have gained a lot more than we ever may even realize or give them credit for. Mm -hmm. um, her maturity level was was outstanding. 
and she saw things that that dad didn't see. And uh, so so maybe I shouldn't say maybe we I know we're doing the right thing with education based athletics. And she was a great example where she grew and developed and matured and she gained all the, the right proper attributes that you would hope and want. So mm-hmm. you're absolutely correct. And, and it's amazing too, because, you know, as being, uh, you know, covering a lot of high school sports back, uh, you know, in my time, even currently now, uh, you know, I'll be in the press box. I think of all these instances, right? Because you're just in the stands and you're right next to the parents in a lot of yeah. cases. So you overhear yeah. a lot of things and you pick up a lot of things just by observation, just by osmosis, all, mostly. But I think of uh, back to, I was covering a, uh, state championship field hockey game. Nice day in the middle of the fall of, of New England. Have the windows open of the of the uh, press box there, and right behind me in the top row are two what appears to be coaches or officials from other teams uh, within the sport of field hockey right. there, and then a couple parents, uh, two fathers, right next to these uh, two refer or two coaches or referees or who, wh- however they were attached to the sport. Uh, but you could tell they knew everything about the game. Very unassuming. Uh, to you know, short short women, uh, but they knew you just wouldn't expect it, and they were explaining and kind of stopping these parents from, you know, if if you ever watch the game of field hockey, there's a lot of stoppages there, and if you don't know the right. rules, it, it can be frustrating if you if you watch it. Um, and I think that's what those parents were expressing, and maybe taking it out on the referees or why is the coach doing this? And it was funny because these referees or these coaches were like, Hey, don't do this. You're not thinking of it like this way or thinking of it from this perspective and it brought a whole different at, you know, uh, uh, perspective, I guess, to these, these parents who hadn't thought of it that way before. And I just overhearing that interaction, I was really blown back after talking with people like you and being in this, in, this side of the industry for the last two years. Well, uh, allow me then to, to add one more quick example. Um, In that chapter, I also use a personal example. Um, Our son played high school basketball, and he did it at our neighborhood school, and I'm busy as an athletic director at another school. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see him often. But one night, I did have a night off, and I gathered a friend, and we went to the game. And the the school did a great job in that they had, had signs, you know, parents and students, and they had different sections. And so my friend and I sat in the parent section and I was just totally unprepared for the comments that, because as an athletic administrator, I normally wouldn't be sitting there. Mm-hmm. So what they didn't take into account was that they were not only yelling down at the officials and the coach, which was disturbing enough, but they're making negative comments about their son's teammates. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. That parent, that other parent may be sitting right behind them or in front of them and can hear this. This is just outlandish. So I was highly annoyed and Mm -hmm. I wasn't enjoying the game. So I told my friend, I said, at halftime, we're getting up and we're going to move over to the student section. We're sitting over there. Now, they were loud and they're yelling and they're having a grand old time and, and students should but they weren't yelling at officials. They weren't yelling at coaches. They were just yelling to yell right. and they were just having a good time. So it was a little hard on our ears, but I told my friend, I said, you know, if I sit here much longer, someone's going to say something about my son and I'm not going to like it. 
And mm-hmm. I don't want to get into that situation where I may react and do or say something that I shouldn't. And I said, it's highly unfair and unfortunate that the setting is like this. And so I use that example in the book so that you may not realize that your comments, oh, oh, oh let's even go a step further. Mm-hmm. What they didn't realize, they were they were berating the coach, for example. The coach's parents were at that game. Mm-hmm. But what happens if his parents hear that? That's just uncalled for. That just shouldn't happen. And so I was so uncomfortable and it was so upsetting that, hey, let's go sit with the students. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the rest of the game. Now, I couldn't hear for a couple hours later, <laughs> right. but, but I could enjoy the game without fear of what parents were going to say. And mm-hmm. that just is totally unfortunate. So unfortunately, that example is in the book as an illustrative situation. So so you're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And, and just to get back to you know, the, the type of parents I think of. Uh, you know, the the uh, example that you referenced, you know, back in my day, the, the armchair right. quarterback types. Right. Uh, it, uh, did you find that that was uh, like particular, you know, more prominent in one sport than the other uh, baseball, soccer, football? Or, or was it just, you know, just a, maybe the type of parent that was doing that? I, I think it was more the type of parent. Yeah. And um, and I as an athletic administrator, I encountered that all the time. And um Oh, I, I really shouldn't use any examples, but but yes, I encountered that all the time. But unfortunately, they felt that they knew what was going on. And wait a minute, you played 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Times have changed. Coaching has changed. The game has changed. Okay, I'll give one classic example. I had a, a father who um, his daughter played played lacrosse. Obviously, it's girls lacrosse. Mm -hmm. He played men's lacrosse. Mm -hmm. There is a drastic difference in the rules and approach to the game. And he kept referring back to, well, when I played. Buddy, you didn't play girls lacrosse. (laughs) You didn't. You played men's lacrosse. And no matter how much. And there's another. You can use logic and reason all you want. But logic and reason doesn't always sink through. So my explanation that the games were totally different just didn't register. He just mm-hmm. kept coming back to it. Well, I played. Yes, you did. Yeah. You didn't play girls lacrosse. <laughs> and that was just, that was totally lost on him. Mm-hmm. And then I had another incident where somebody said, well, I don't care about Title IX. Well, you may not care about Title IX, but in my role, I have to care about Title IX. And besides, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. That, that dad didn't care. He, he His agenda was, I don't care about it. Well, yeah, well. So anyway, that goes back to maybe one of your original questions was, why write this book? Well, right. because of all this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a resource to help parents understand that, you know, Title IX is important. Uh, you can't, oh, you can't coach from the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, no, there can be one coach. And I hire that coach. Mm-hmm. You weren't hired as the coach. Therefore, please don't interfere with what's going on during a game, that you're hindering your daughter or you're hindering your son. 
Mm-hmm. And every time you make a negative comment about that coach, that youngster goes back to practice the next day and they've heard you berate that coach. That does nothing to help your son or daughter. Nothing. Right. And so those are the type of messages that, and again, I go back to the, the, the issue of tone. I had to be careful and I wanted to be careful. How did I express this without coming across as I was preaching or I was lecturing? Um, but yes, let's get these messages out there. So mom and dad, you can learn from this. You don't go and do some of those idiotic, stupid things that are harmful to young people, harmful to yourself. Let's enjoy the experience without going off the deep end. All right. I love it. Now, as we as we uh, put a bow on this episode here, I have one last question for you. Right. And of course, I think this is uh, perfect, a, a perfect way to kind of wrap the episode as well as put a bow on, on your book as well. So can you tell us about the the parents pledge and, and why you chose to put this at the end of the book? Well, I would like to give myself credit that I'm intelligent. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I don't know if that's the case, but I thought a proper way to end the book was a chapter on the parents pledge. Mm-hmm. And one of my opening paragraphs or statements is that these are some expectations that a good supportive positive parent will do. And you don't have to sign it. You don't have to turn it into your athletic director. It simply serves as these are some guidelines as to here's what a good role model and example parent should be. So what I did was I went back through the chapters and I pulled out things that, well, yeah, I took this from this chapter and I took this from that chapter. And I came up with things like, as a, so the, it starts with, as a parent of an athlete, I pledge to, and then I list the items. So the first one is, I pledge to be positive, encouraging, and supportive of my child in all their athletic pursuits. So I take that from one of my early chapters. Avoid saying, number two, uh, avoid saying negative things about the coach in front of my son or daughter. Okay, because I have to go back to practice. Let's let's not go there. Long down, down, down the list. Never harass or berate officials at games. Instead, serve as a positive role model. So I try to take some highlighted items from each one of the chapters and say, okay, what should the ideal parent be? And then as I mentioned, they don't have to sign and turn it in. You asked a very revealing question, however, early, and that would be, is this suitable for anybody other than parents? Mm -hmm. If a wise athletic director gets to this chapter and says, aha, I can incorporate this I pledge for parents. Now they can call it something else, guidelines. What I don't care what topic, what mm-hmm. title they put. So as long as they don't plagiarize, they can use this and create their own pledge for their parents saying, and now, now they do have to sign it and turn it into him or her. And I, I promise I'm not going to harass or berate officials at games. Okay. Now you have a signed copy and your athletic director has a copy of it and you go to the game the next time and you're harassing officials. Mm-hmm. Now you have a document, some, some real reinforcement to say, hey, wait a minute. You read this. You signed this. 
Now we need to get on the same page. And I think, again, a wise, intuitive athletic administrator could go to that last chapter and say, aha, I'm going to use this. So even though in the book it says, parents, you don't have to sign this. You don't have to turn it in. This is just a guideline. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. There's a subtle hint here for athletic administrators. Why don't you use this? And why don't you get your parents on board? And maybe we can improve things at contests and within your program. So that was intentional on my part. And and I and I'm I'm pleased. I think it turned that last part turned out well. And if it does, then maybe we can improve some things. I love it. Well, the book is The Parent's Guide to Educator-Based Athletics, Everything They Should and Need to Know, but not just for parents, also a good uh, tool in your toolkit for the coaches and athletic directors out there as well. That book is available right now, uh, Amazon or anywhere books are sold. So, uh, David, I'd like to thank you once again and, and uh, for, for uh, you know your continued efforts, not just uh, for appearing here, but for also that coach and AD column, AD administration that has... I lived a lot longer than I have here at Coach Nady. So thanks very much for all your efforts. You're very, very much welcome. Thank you. All right. And real quick here, if you want to follow any of our brands on Twitter, one last plug. That's at Coach underscore AD, at Train Condition, at Winning Hoops, and then myself, as always, at Wesley Sykes underscore. Uh, until then, sports fans, again, I'm Wesley Sykes, and thank you for listening to another edition of Sideline Sessions. And thank you, David, once again. Thank you. Thank you.